This episode is proudly sponsored by DMC Insurance. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. For this special episode, we take a look at this year's Transport Topics Trucking Frontline Heroes. Trucking's Frontline Heroes recognizes the brave men and women who go above and beyond the call of duty to meet the challenges the industry faced over the past year. This year's recipients, Kali Frizzer of Frizzer Companies and Gene Woolsey, volunteer driver for Convoy of Hope, were formally honored by Transport Topics in October at the American Trucking Association's Management Conference and Exhibition in Nashville, Tennessee. So in this special episode, we'll ask the question, who are trucking's frontline heroes for 2021? We'll hear from Gene Woolsey later in the program. But first, let's learn more about Cully Frizzard, Chief Operating Officer of Frizzard Companies out of Gramercy, Louisiana. Frizzard started the company in 1989 with his father out of their home. And today, the company has more than 100 employees and 160 drivers. He noted that the trucking business runs through his blood. I've been in this since a kid. Uh, worked on trucks, uh, worked on trailers, built pallets, loaded, unloaded trailers, drove the truck um, before I ever stepped foot into the office. I've always believed that you can't tell somebody to do something if you can't do it yourself. So I take that to heart. And that's in everything that I do. Uh, you know, I used to cut the grass and clean the office on the weekends with my wife and drivers would come in and go, what are you doing? Uh, you know, you, you can't hire somebody to do this. And I look at them and I go, well, if, if I won't do it, then how can I expect somebody else to do it? You know, so a lot of my successes, I contribute to the upbringing that I had in the trucking industry to see the good, bad, and the ugly. Frizzart Companies, which specializes in transporting dry van freight, prides itself in having a family atmosphere. You know, uh, we've always, my dad has always wanted to build a company that he can leave behind to his kids. And I am the baby of four. So my older brother uh, is an agent for the company, works out of his home. Uh, my sister right below him is uh, in my planning driver manager position. My sister uh, right above me, she's a smart one. She's a school teacher. I'm not sure if that's smart these days, but, uh, but she gets to educate our, our youngsters and uh, she does an impeccable job of that. And down to me, uh, you know, it, it's, it's as a family, I've always felt like, or as a, as a business owner, I've always felt like if you treat people with respect and dignity and you treat them like family, the results are, are inevitable. They're going to come. And, and that's what I've built this company. And, and, our, and our motto is it's a family tradition because everybody that walks in my office is, the first day you're a guest, the second day you're family. Uh, all of my drivers have key card access entrance into my building 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I don't lock my drivers out of my company. Uh, I run my company as, as not only being the most important member of my family as my driver, but they're the front line. I use the analogy of this company is like a body and I'm the body. I'm the one with all the moving parts, okay? I'm the orchestrator of everything. My drivers are my heartbeat. Without them, there's no blood pumping through this body. What makes Frizzert one of trucking's frontline heroes is this effort of giving back to those in need. 
especially in the hurricane-frequented areas of Louisiana. But that passion was initially sparked by a feeling of helplessness. Well, you know, back in 2005, we were hit by one of the uh, biggest storms that ever hit the country, Hurricane Katrina. We lived in Kenner, uh, which is about seven miles west of New Orleans. And at the time, I wasn't in the trucking business, or I wasn't in this trucking business. I actually worked for a medical company, a medical delivery company. We delivered all of the uh, medications to the drugstores, pharmacies, things of that nature. Uh, so once Katrina passed over and all we could do is listen, uh, because we went to Alexandria for evacuation and they lost power. So all we had was AM FM radio to listen. And, you know, after listening for two days of what was happening in my own hometown, um, and New Orleans is my hometown, it, it really tore me apart, uh, to hear the disarray. Uh, the looting, the shooting, the amount of people that were trying to get out of their homes through their roofs. I came back two days after the hurricane. A at the time, like I said, I was working for a medical delivery company, so we were high priority to get back in to take care of the medical field. So we got passes from the governor, Kathleen Blanco, at the time, uh, and we were allowed to go into the city where other people weren't allowed to go. With, you know, with the understanding, you better bring a gun on your side because there's no police to protect you, you know. So the, the feeling of, of, of putting yourself in that position, not being a law enforcement officer, and, and the thought of, you know, can I make it out of this alive to do my job, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it wears down on the human. Then, then when we got to the front line of what was going on with Hurricane Katrina, the aftermath of it, I witnessed things that I, I will live with forever. People perished on side of roads in wheelchairs. And when you walk up to them to, just to see if they're alive and you feel like cold body, uh, it, it really shocked me uh, to a point where I would never leave another city behind, regardless of where the hurricane hit from a disaster of this sort or any disasters at that. So, you know, that's really where my passion of giving back uh, came from was to live and breathe Katrina and see all the failures that we had as a as individuals. You know, I, I never wanted to point a finger at someone else. I always pointed at me first. And I had to look in the mirror and, and really think about one thing is that I do everything possible to help as many people out as I could. And I think I failed at that. So I made a valiant effort going forward to make sure I was in front of anything that was coming at us. I never will forget what my eyes seen and how much my heart broke for people. That is why we do what we do today. In keeping with that promise to himself and for his company, Frizzard's team made sure to provide support to communities during Hurricane Laura in 2020. Last year, uh, Laura, uh, which was the next biggest storm to hit the state of Louisiana, that hit the west side of the state, they got back-to-back -back storms. Uh, we provided 13 tractor trailers uh, throughout the state of Louisiana, uh, as well as in New Jersey. Uh, they got the communities together, uh, loaded products that were needed for the community and families, and 13 truckloads was donated and delivered to the uh, Beauregard and Kakashu Parish Sheriff's Departments to give out, you know, to the community, to the to the residents in the community. And, and Southwest Louisiana has a piece of my heart as well. I've lived there. 
my, my, my mother is from southwest Louisiana. We had family and friends that came down from Lake Charles to stay with us during that storm. Frisart's team continued offering donations of supplies to other regions of the Panhandle. But with Hurricane Ida, the feeling of urgency really hit home. And then this year, of course, we dealt with Ida. Ida was a lot different than anything I've ever seen. I stayed for Ida. I didn't stay for Katrina. Stayed for Ida. The eye wall passed right over Gramercy. Uh, so we had 15 minutes after the front part of the storm came through. Uh, we had some registered winds of up to 120 miles an hour on the front eye, front end of the eye storm of uh, the eye wall. And when that eye wall was passing through, we jumped in my my car and went right down the street because I live about a block from my parents' house. We're staying at my parents' house, which is brick. My house is above ground uh, or, or lifted. And uh, really didn't have to go far to see the amount of destruction it caused already. And this was the nor this was the northern part of the eye wall, which is normally about 20 to 30 miles an hour less than the southern part of that eye wall. Well, when the southern part of the eye wall came, the doors, the French doors on my mother's house started to bow in. We we're putting chairs under the doors. Uh, the pressure was so enormous that uh, it was blowing windows out. Uh, blew my office front doors out. It, it caused massive damage. Uh, I am very fortunate that we've been through this before, and I was already prepared. I was already, uh, before the storm was coming, of what if this happens, what are we going to do? And the main concern I had was, first, keep my family safe, uh, and second, get my company back up and running immediately after the storm. So, Monday, we were finally able to get out, view the damage. Uh, it was just in my little town, uh, my parish, St. James, was hit pretty hard. Uh, the amount of damage that we seen was uh, was was enormous. It was it was really catastrophic for what I was seeing here. I got family and friends that live in Terrebonne Parish, in Dulac, in Homa, and I didn't get to see those pictures for several days after, and my heart just crumbled. So that Friday, after after Tuesday, after my family was handled Monday, Tuesday I got my office moved from Gramercy to the LMTA headquarters in Baton Rouge. Utilized their office until uh, until Friday. I left uh, Friday morning, went pick up a reefer uh, reefer trailer that uh, the St. John Parish Sheriff's Department called me in desperate need of. Uh, between the coordination of myself and CNS Wholesale. Uh, Southeast Grocers here out of Hammond, Louisiana, we were able to provide them a reefer. Although Frizzard mentioned that the hard work of providing help in the most critical times is rewarding, it's ultimately the feeling of community and coming together that keeps him and his company going. So, you know, that that's really where my passion or my, I really don't want to call it a passion because I don't want this to ever happen again. Unfortunately, it will. It's just how catastrophic the next one is going to be. You know, so that's really what has, has brought me to giving my time, donating my equipment, my drivers. But it takes another factor to help, and that's the community abroad, that's customers abroad to come together and say, hey, we can do this to help you fill that trailer up to get it down south. So it, it's not just what I've done. It is what my company as a whole, my employees that stood behind me, that said, Cully, go out there and get it done. We'll take care of the office while you're managing, you know, the, the, our fellow Louisianans. So that's, that's really where it, it, the passion and, and the, the helping hand that we want to do every time came from.
This episode is provided by DMC Insurance. DMC is a specialized underwriter of trucking insurance, providing world-class risk engineering and claim solutions. DMC is committed to delivering the best insurance experience and results in the business. Learn more at dmcinsurance.com. Retired truck driver Gene Woolsey has spent more than 40 years behind the wheel. However, he was not content on staying still after years of moving along the nation's highways. Woolsey, who was also a deacon at his local church, knew he wanted to serve others. Because people need help. And, you know, a lot of it, when I was working, I did not know these people needed help. I didn't have time to look or ask. And that's another thing now. We go to the Baptist church here, and I've got a doctor friend that was at the hospital. He called me when I retired. He said, so-and-so needs a ride to Springfield. I said, I'll take them. So I volunteer with that. If somebody needs a ride up there, if they will get a hold of me, we will take them. But here a while back, they called. And they had a lady that had had knee surgery. She had no way to go. So me and my wife, we went and got her and took her to her appointment. You know, and I didn't know these people needed help before I retired. But once you retire, that's just the beginning of the work. Woolsey became familiar with Convoy of Hope, a Springfield, Missouri-based nonprofit relief organization. And with the prospect of volunteering, he found his calling. I knew they were a good outfit. I didn't know much of the details, but I'd been by their warehouse and everything in Springfield. So I just decided to stop and see if they needed help. Cause I did not want a full-time job because I'm retired and I drive a school bus here when they need help, which is every day. And, uh, you know, you just stay busy helping people. But I stopped and talked to them and they asked me to come to work. In addition to the nature of the charity, Woolsey felt right at home with Convoy of Hope's culture. And, you know, before when I drove and I was trying to make a living, you thought about the money you were making. But with this, I go up there and drive. Money is the last of your thoughts. And when you go in, when Convoy has a driver's meeting, it's not like driver's meetings I've been in all my life. You go in, it's like, what can we do to help you? What do you need? You know, and they tell you what they need and stuff, but it's not a, it, it's more like going to church where there's prayers before the meeting and there's prayer after the meeting. And sometimes there may be something during the meetings that they pray for. And like when we were going to the hurricane down there, you know, they've got a big outfit of rigs they go and set up to give this stuff to the people. But they'll serve breakfast. There's prayers before breakfast. They have prayer after breakfast and they're going out to do whatever. And when you're there, there's nobody having to tell anybody to do anything. If you're working on something, if you need help, somebody just stops and helps you. I mean, it's it's an unreal place to work. Woolsey soon started hauling supplies for the nonprofit organization, and since then has taken 13 cross-country trips in 2021, traveling to Texas during February's devastating ice storm that crippled the state's power grid. 
to a church in Baltimore to help residents in need and to the Louisiana coast in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. I will haul anything they need haul, but I told them I would rather run long trips because I drive 100 mile into work. I don't really want to work a 100 mile trip or whatever. I will if they need it. So usually when they call me, they've got a long trip. Here a while back, I took a load to Seattle, Washington. And that's another thing. They, You can take anybody with you if they're over 18. So my wife went with me to Seattle. And, you know, a lot of people don't think about it. But you could never get in those places to see what goes on. And that's where... I consider myself lucky. I got to see a lot of things happen you could not do as an individual. If there's a tornado someplace, when a tornado hit Nashville, that's been a little over a year ago, I took a load down there to that. But, you know, we run any kind of a disaster. And I, in, in the U.S., they will try to service it. And I think they've done some of the fires out west. You'll take whatever to them. Here's Woolsey describing a trip he made to Northern Virginia to provide shoes and food to children. We went down there. We had the load of food. And they said we took care of 3,500 people that weekend. You know, give away the full load of food. And those little kids, and not just so little, they were teenagers. They gave away some shoes. And they just sat down and put those shoes on, and it put smiles on their faces, you know. And, and some of that is what people need to see. It is because of that work that Woolsey has been named one of the year's trucking's frontline heroes. However, he said he would rather not be called a hero. As the general saying goes, if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. With his labor of love, Woolsey gave a simple explanation of what motivates him. Helping people. You know, and I don't know of a better way. Uh, I've got other people that I'll drive their trucks, do whatever. But convoy, you are helping people. And when you take a load, it's not like unloading just someplace and it's gone. You get the chance to see the actual people you're helping. So before COVID hit, we would have churches and they would uh, have another group of churches come in. They would do a meeting. And when they come out, we would have all of this food, whatever. You never know what you're giving away lined up and they would come through and you would load their vehicles with everything they could carry. So you met those people. And it's not just me. That's convoy period. All of their drivers and stuff. That's why we're there. You know, if not for the money. This episode is provided by DMC Insurance. DMC is a specialized underwriter of trucking insurance, providing world-class risk engineering and claim solutions. DMC is committed to delivering the best insurance experience and results in the business. Learn more at dmcinsurance.com. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. Who are the Transport Topics Trucking's Frontline Heroes for 2021? As we heard from this year's recipients, giving back to others comes naturally. The process of helping rebuild a community 
whether it's your extended neighborhood like Cully Frizzard, or making an impact elsewhere and abroad like Jane Woolsey, takes a high degree of humility and empathy. Those with the ability to share their talents and skill to assist those in their darkest hour without expectation, ultimately reap the reward of knowing that they made a significant impact in the lives of people they may never meet. Although Frizzard and Woolsey hold their individual rewards for their service to others, they both would yield that they couldn't have done it without the help and support of their respective teams. As both men are deservedly recognized, they also represent the many humanitarian efforts made by truck drivers and companies across the country that stand on the front lines to help make our country and the world a better place. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. 